Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. I'm Elo Speaks, and on my podcast, we talk about everything that's going on in the sports right now regarding the latest trending topics in the sports world. I have a great fun conversation talking about basketball, football, MMA, boxing, etc. I give my perspective and opinions on the sports topics that interest me, whether it's by me by myself, talking with guest appearances, debating, arguing or disagreeing, or doing reaction videos. We're here to have a fun dialogue and talk about the sports that we love to watch. Make sure to follow me on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Twitch to get updates with my latest podcast when I drop. Stay tuned. Thank you and enjoy. Hey, what's up, guys? This is the Elo Speaks Podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, Elo Speaks. And welcome to the podcast. So, um, I want to talk about three topics today. I want to get into the first one is going to be the Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers fiasco. The second is going to be my NFL playoff predictions. And third, I want to talk about USC 270 with Francis Ganon and versus Syria. Now, to get into it right now, the first topic I want to get into was the whole Ben Simmons and the 76ers issue regarding trading Ben Simmons. Now, in my personal opinion, I don't know what the Sixers are doing. I have no word about it. I've heard trade rumors going on and about as regards to what's going on with Ben Simmons. I've heard he's disgruntled. I've heard that he wants to get traded. He doesn't want to play in Philadelphia no more. All that's perfectly fine. And now it depends on what team he wants to go to. But Depending on what team he goes to, I heard that he wants to be traded to a team that's in California. So, four teams come to mind is the Lakers, Clippers, Sacramento, and maybe Portland. But I don't see him going to any of those teams because of, you know, current situation on cap. Uh, What's the adequate trade value that he could get back for business? But that's just my overall opinion on the matter. But I just think that this is a whole like bad situation, not just for Ben Simmons and the Sixers, but just for NBA players overall, because it just says a bad president overall. But here's the thing, when it comes to people like Ben Simmons, he's sending a bad message by doing this, holding out. I understand that he's mad at the 76ers because of they kind of threw him under the bus, which I don't, I don't get why he's mad. I feel like it was his fault that they lost that playoff series against the Hawks last year in the divisional rounds. But come on, like you got to have thicker skin than that. I expect more level-headedness from him than this. But, you know, he's been, I heard he's been coddled. And he has a bunch of yes people all around him, so nobody's ever told him to like get his, you know, sugar honey iced tea together and get back out there and perform. Now, he has been coming back to practices so he doesn't get fired, but it's to a point where the players and the coaches, they look like they're sick and tired of him. And to be honest, I'm sick and tired of him too. This whole situation is ridiculous to me. He's acting like a baby. He's a spoiled brat. He's a diva. And everything that reeks of 
I'm a spoiled brat. I deserve this. I deserve that. Just come off of he's smug. He has an attitude. And I just don't like it. I don't like his personality. How he carries himself. He thinks he's better than what he is. I don't like it at all. And that's just my personal opinion. I don't know him as a person. But that's just what I see when I see him interact with the media, players, etc. I just, I don't like the diva personality. He's over top as it is with regards to this situation, what he's doing and stuff. He's dropped, he's making his trade value go down. If you're really trying to like get traded, then you'd try to handle this behind the scenes. But when you made it so public like this, to where all the other teams know that you want to leave, then they go home firm until they see if the Sixers will fold in a trade value and trade you for crumbs and crackers. But I don't I digress. Now, another thing I wanted to talk about as regards to this Ben Simmons fiasco is I feel like Ben Simmons is overrated as a star. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying he's garbage by any means, but I'm just saying he's overrated. They, he make the, the way he carries himself, he's making sense he's dropping like Hall of Fame stats. I want to go over his his career stats right quick because obviously I can't go over his season stats right now because he doesn't have any because he didn't play. But his career stats right now is 15, 15.9 points and he's shooting, he's shooting 56% from the field, which is good. He's getting eight rebounds and seven assists, 1.7 steals and 0.7 blocks, which is good. Not superstar, but it's good for what he brings to the table. Now, what it doesn't take into account is the high defensive prowess that he brings to the table. And that's where his bread and butter is, along with his passing. And that's where he's like, okay, he, he fits the bill. But there's games where he just mentally folds and checks out. And another thing, another his Achilles heel is the free throw shooting. And he doesn't shoot threes like at all he, he rarely if ever shoot threes so it's poor free throw shooting poor shooting because when he scores he scores close to the basket so that's why his field goal percentage is high he's not shooting so you can look at his true shooting and see that could be low so his shooting his free throws as three point percentage all are Achilles heels of what he brings to the table outside of his 15 points, eight rebounds, and seven or six. Again, those are good stat lines. But the way he carries himself, you would think he's dropping 25, 10, and seven. So I just think he needs to humble himself. Um, he need to get his act together. I don't know what he wants to do. He's not talking to the media. He's not talking to anybody. He just wants to get traded. I don't. High look like he don't care what he get traded like he just want to leave the Philadelphia 76ers. I think even the Philadelphia 76ers fans are tired of his BS. To be honest, I know I am, but not that I'm a fan of them or anything like that. But they're they're a fun team to watch. I, I like watching Joel B play. I think he's a great player. But I know he was sick and tired of having to play with Ben Simmons in certain stretches of the season because of his low adequacy to shoot the ball, stretch the floor. Um, he tries and kicks, which is good, but when you have a center like Embiid that likes to work around in the post as well, that might not work out in favor of him. 
if Joel Embiid had a real like good good point guard like Alonzo Ball or a Chris Paul, then I feel like his game would be a lot more effective because he could have a guard that could stretch the floor and shoot. But he has Ben Simmons, so it is what it is. We just have to make do what what he has. But so far, they've been doing all right in the Eastern Conference. And they're just like moving on because they they try to mend fences with him. He doesn't want to mend fences back with him. So it's time to move on. And I think that the 76ers need to trade him ASAP. Like get rid of him, move forward, try to get some shooters, try to get some floor spacers, or get some defensive depth for like to make a push in the playoffs because the more that they hold Ben Simmons, the lower his trade value gets because they were asking for ridiculous prices. I, I remember when they was trying to, when the Warriors were trying to get Ben Simmons, they were asking for like, like I think they were trying to ask for Andrew Wiggins. They want James Wiseman and they wanted four first round draft picks. They're not gonna get that. Not by mom. They're not gonna get that, especially for Ben Simmons after that playoff series against the Hawks where he choked by all he had to do was lay the ball up or dunk on uh, Trey Young no way one of the one of the the more important Achilles heels of Ben Simmons not even his play it's not even the physical it's his mental you, you could break him in like in crunch time he's scared to death to shoot and more importantly he's scared to death to make free throws he shot horrendous during the playoffs in terms of free throw percentage. It was atrocious, the amount of missed free throws that he had. So you could get into his head and make him like doubt himself. And that's exactly what happened during that playoff series versus the Hawks where he had a mental collapse when he didn't lay the ball up. He cost his team that game and that's why he's so frustrated. But he can't be frustrated with nobody but himself. And that's what I think about the matter. That's why I feel like he's a little overrated. You can't have all this talent and not try to work on it to some degree to try to better yourself. You can't just stay pat and keep dropping the same 15, 8, and 7. A great, a granted, those are good numbers. Those are no, no kind of all-star, somewhat all-star numbers. But still, you have to get better. And especially you have to get better in areas that you're not particularly playing well because in the regular season where you're going up against Orlando or OKC, yeah, you can have those type of good games. But when you're in the playoffs and you're going up against high IQ teams with good defensive schemes, that's not going to work. And they're going to hold on your weaknesses and they're going to expose you. And that's what I think on that matter because it's not looking good for the 76ers. They need to get rid of him. And they get whatever. Well, I'm not gonna say get whatever they could they could get for him, but try to get adequate trade value. But don't go overboard with it. Be realistic because whenever you're training a star, and Joel Embiid, my apologies, Ben Simmons is a star. He's not an all star or superstar, but he's a star. Whenever you're training a star, you're not gonna always get equal value for when you trade that star, and that's okay. But what you could do is trade to try to get a better piece to help Joel Embiid and make a playoff push. Now, are the Sixers playoff contenders? Yeah. Are they championship contenders? No. But it's better than you trade Ben Simmons now and use the pieces that you got for him to help the team be a little bit better. 
than to have Ben Simmons sit on the bench or sit at home and do nothing and then his contract finishes and then he leaves, go to wherever team he wants to and that'll be that. But that's on the 76ers and Ben Simmons to figure that out. That's what I think about the whole situation. I think it's a silly situation. Um, I don't particularly like Ben Simmons, how he conducts himself. I think it's childish and immature. He says a bad president for players moving forward because if you're going to sign that contract, you have to honor that contract and play it out. You can't just pout, get mad, and then say, I want to be traded. That's not how it works because now other players are thinking about doing the same thing. And then when it comes to the, the NBA negotiating bargaining chip, when they negotiate this again, they're going to try to find a way to like really nail it to the NBA players so they don't do this again. So they need to fix this issue because it's not moving good moving forward. So those are my th- those are my thoughts and opinions on that situation as regards to Ben Simmons and how the Sixers are going to move forward. I think they should trade him. What do you think about it? Um, those are my thoughts and opinions on that. Hey, guys. Welcome to the EO Speaks podcast on Anchor, where I talk about everything sports such as NBA, NFL, UFC, etc., and give my perspective and opinions on the sports topics that interest me. I love talking about sports, debating with people on certain teams, players, news, and more, while having a great dialogue doing so, so giving my take on a matter that interests me. Make sure to follow me on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Twitch to get updates for my latest podcast when I drop. Stay tuned. Thank you and enjoy. All right. Welcome back. So on the next topic, I want to get into some football and talk about the NFL. And so we're going to talk about the teams that won this week. And this week, we're in regards to the road to the Super Bowl. Uh, the teams that won were the Bengals, the 49ers, and the Bucks, and also the Rams, the Buffalo Bills, the Chiefs won. So let's get into it. So tomorrow, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be playing the Tennessee Titans. And for my playoff prediction, as regards to that, I do have the I do have the Tennessee Titans winning that game. Now, granted, I understand that you know the Bengals. I know joke this year. Um, I'm impressed with Joe Burrow. He was in the play the MVP race. Um, I still have that you know, Tom Brady and uh, Aaron Rodgers had better seasons than him, but what he's done so far for the franchise in just two years was phenomenal, and he deserves some credit. I want to give him all the credit in the world for what he's done. He changed his season around, making the Cincinnati Bengals go 10 and seven and winning their first playoff game in. If what feels like forever now but when it comes to the Tennessee Titans the juggernaut is coming back and you already know who I mean by the juggernaut I mean King Henry is coming back now granted we don't know what's the severity of his injury will he come back healthy what type of impact he's gonna have on the team but just him coming back should keep the Bengals on their toes as regards to how they're going to try to stop him, which we don't stop him, but I think it's going to be I think it's gonna be a long day for the Bengals overall, but 
is going to be a big help for the Tennessee Titans. I've been impressed with them over the past couple of seasons, but for them to make it this far going 12-5 and five with their quarterback being in the morning seat in the AFC, and they had a, a bye week, which would give them more much-needed rest and prep time for the Bengals because of how they previously played in the playoffs, so they could get game plan against them, see what they want to do, see how they're going to try to, you know, maneuver certain players. But all in all, I have them winning that game. So let's see what's next on the road to the Super Bowl with the playoff picture. All right, so we have the next divisional round on Saturday, which will be the San Francisco 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers. Now, with the Green Bay Packers, I have them winning that game and beating the 49ers. I do see the 49ers as a good team, but I just don't see any Super Bowl contenders in them. Granted, they have a great running scheme, a good coach, and they have great players. I just don't trust Jimmy G as regards to the best quarterbacks that's left in the playoffs. Um, I don't I don't see him being better than Tom Brady. I don't see him better, better than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, no. Uh, I don't see him being better than any of the rest of the quarterbacks. Well, I don't see him being better than the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFC. I'll say that. When it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I will be better than him. And then when it's on Brady, I definitely be better than him. Now, when it comes to the Rams, that's probably more of his comp. If he was going against the LA Rams, then I probably could have given him a chance to win that because, you know, division rivals, anything can happen. But with the Green Bay Packers, they've been playing good so far throughout the seasons and throughout the years. They've been playing good. And that's why I feel like they're going to possibly win against the San Francisco 49ers and beat them to go to the NFC Conference. Now, on Sunday, in the divisional rounds, we have the LA Rams versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, this one's a tricky one because in my personal opinion, I do have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning this game, but I could also see the Los Angeles Rams winning this game as well. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I do see... The Rams have a lot of offensive firepower on his side. Uh, OBJ has found himself with the Los Angeles Rams. He's been playing a lot better ever since he got released from Cleveland, and he started to get his stride back. They have they already there was already an offensive firepower without him, so now him being on the team is just a plus at this moment. So they're gonna be a lot for the Tampa Bay Bucks defense to handle. And I don't want to, I don't want to take nothing away from Los Angeles Rams defense with Aaron Donald in the middle. He gonna, he's always gonna cause havoc in the backfield. So watch out for him. He's gonna have to get doubled if he starts pushing the pocket, making Tom Brady moves uneasy. There's gonna be a long day for the Bucks, but somehow I have the Bucks winning this game. I don't know how, but I feel like they know. if it's gonna be a high-scoring game then possibly the Rams could win, but if the Bucks defense could keep the Rams offensive chuck, then I could see the Bucks winning this game. So I have the Tampa Bay Bucks winning this game. Um, so we can go on to the next one, and that'll be the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Now, in the beginning of the season, I didn't really have too much faith in the Chiefs. I thought they started to fall off. I thought, you know, they were starting to get long in the tooth in terms of how far they could go each year in the playoffs. But towards the end of the season, they started to find their stride and they get got it together and they ended up going 12-5. And the Buffalo Bills are no slouch either. I have the Buffalo Bills winning this game. I know that that is going to be a shock for me. I think they could beat the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no slouch, especially the performance that they have against the New England Patriots. And I know the New England Patriots are not as good. They had a rookie QB, but still, that was an impressive performance by them against that Bill Belichick defense. And they have a high-power offense with uh, Stephon Diggs and more. And I feel like they could take the Kansas City Chiefs to the wire and beat them. So I have the Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills winning this game and moving on to the AFC Championship game. And those are my opinions as regards to that. With regards to the playoff uh, race. Now, the next topic I wanted to talk about was the NFL MVP. Now, I'm going to talk about it maybe a few more times. I don't want to get into it too much because obviously people are still debating about this situation. But again, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. So if, as, or buzz about it, Aaron Rodgers the MVP. I don't want to hear about Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, the running back, whatever. Aaron Rodgers the MVP. And to be honest, I'm not a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fanboy. I'm not a Green Bay Packers fan or whatsoever. But I've seen a great season where I see it and I have to give credit where it's due. Aaron Rodgers had the best season so far, so he deserves the credit for it. And by doing that, he should get the MVP. He has good stats. He has low interception ratio. He has a high QBR, high efficiency rating, everything. Now, granted, I don't want to take away from Tom Brady and say that it's just a foregone conclusion that, that he shouldn't have, you know, there shouldn't be no MVP talks. Like, Tom Brady should have MVP talks. He deserves to be in it as well, but it's not neck and neck. I have it as Aaron Rodgers won. Tom Brady is a distant two. Not, like, too distant, but he's, like, he's right behind Aaron Rodgers. I just think Aaron Rodgers had the better season. He took his team farther down into the regular season, having more wins, and getting them into the number one seed. They're obviously having a bye right now, so now they're being ready for the original rounds. So, yeah, you have to give it to Aaron Rodgers. You can't convince me how Aaron Rodgers shouldn't win the MVP unless you're a biased voter that doesn't like Aaron Rodgers because of his vaccination choices or COVID choices. But that's a whole other story I'm not even going to try to get into. But Aaron Rodgers deserved the MVP. He's the best player in the league by by far. And I don't think it's that much close. Like You could argue Tom Brady, but you're not going to really get too far about it. I understand there's biased people. There's a lot of biased Tom Brady fanboys out there, like Skip Bass, he's the number one biased uh, fanboy. Then you have Colin Cowherd and other people that say that he should be the MVP. 
and they, their reasons are valid. I'm not, I don't want to take nothing from he. Tom Brady's had a great season, especially for his age as a quarterback. But I don't want to hear nothing about his age because he chose to go out there and play. When he chose to go out there and play, I don't care about your health, your age, whatever. If you're playing professional ball, whether it's basketball, football, etc., you go out there and perform to the best of your abilities. Now, what is what he doing as a 44-year-old great? Sure, but I don't feel like that should give him more points in the MVP voting because he's basically an old man playing out there. He's playing to the best of his abilities. He's having a great year. He's putting his team in a great position to win and possibly repeat as Super Bowl champions. And that's great, and I give him all the credit for that. But Aaron Rodgers overall had the better season, has the better team record to put his team in a situation where they have the number one seed in the playoffs with a bye, and he was able to do that while getting suspended and missing one game due to that COVID, uh, that COVID vaccination fiasco where he said was he was immunity. Now, I have my strong opinions on that. I don't particularly care that he doesn't want to take the vaccine or not that's not my business but the fact that he lied about it that's a whole other issue because it's the same thing with the Kyrie Irving situation but I give Kyrie Irving respect he was more open with the media and telling them that he doesn't want to take it and he kept it real and honest with them while Aaron Rodgers was being more coy and slick with with the wordplay, saying that he's immunized when he just wasn't vaccinated. And again, I have no problem with that. If you don't want to take the vaccination, you shouldn't have to. But don't lie about it. Don't be coy about it in that situation. Just say you're not going to take it, and whatever comes with that, comes with that. I understand we're in a new uh, era where the woke media wants to attack you for your opinions that goes against the grain but it is what it is you have to stand by what you stand by and just move forward so again that's what i want to talk about in terms of nfl the who won from last week's uh wild card round who i think in my personal opinion in the playoff picture of who's gonna win tomorrow and on sunday and who who's the mvp of the league once the NFL honors come on that day, um, I might talk about the other players' awards, like the Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, the Rookie of the Year, etc. I might get into that um, close around when the NFL honors come and we see who makes it to the Super Bowl. But those are my thoughts and opinions on the matter as regards to that. Hey guys, welcome to the EO Speaks podcast on Anchor where I talk about everything sports, such as NBA, NFL, UFC, etc., and give my perspective and opinions on the sports topics that interest me. I love talking about sports, debating with people on certain teams, players, news, and more, while having a great dialogue doing so, so giving my take on a matter that interests me. Make sure to follow me on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Twitch to get updates with my latest podcast when I drop Stay tuned. Thank you and enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, this is going to be a short vlog, so I want to get into it. 
with uh, UFC 270 and just give my thoughts and opinions on the matter as regards to that. So the headliners, that's uh, two uh, championship fights that's going to be going on. It's going to be Francis Nagal and it's going to be Cyril Gaines. Now, with regards to this fight, I'm not too sure who wins this fight. Um, I might give the edge to Francis Nagal because... From the last fight, I seen that he's improved drastically in his uh, ground attack and his uh, takedown defense. And I applauded him in my last video that I made when he had beat Stipe Miocic to win the heavyweight championship. Now um, I understand he's been going through some situations right now where it was supposed to be him fighting John Jones for the heavyweight title, but the talks fell through because of money situations because of Dana White being a greedy bastard but that's a, another story and a whole bunch of other rumors that were swearing saying John Jones was scared quote unquote scared but we all know that's not the case we just know that when it comes to UFC fights and how it's structured Dana White and the UFC wants to make sure that they get a bang for their buck but they don't want the fighters to get too much bang for their buck, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Now, when it comes to Cyril Gain, I haven't, I've seen a little bit of his fight, but I haven't seen too much to get a gauge on him. He's a great striker. Um, he can, he's literally toe-to-toe -to -toe with Francis Nagal. I could see him, like, giving him a challenge. Now, when it comes to reach, I do see that Francis Ngo has a two-inch reach advantage. Um, he's coming in five pounds lighter than uh, Francis Ngo, but six point six uh, six three inches. They're the same age. Um, the girl is a little bit older, has more fights in his belt, so he's a little bit more seasoned, experienced in terms of how this fight could go. I think Francis Ngo has like seen a lot of what other fighters will throw at him, so he's gonna be well prepared. But, you know, when it comes to new fighters coming up in the game, especially fighters that are undefeated, they have a chip on their shoulder, so they're going to want to show out, and they're going to want to give it their all and try to, you know, and try to, like, take down the champion and make a legacy for themselves. I just hope that, you know, there's going to be a fun, exciting fight for uh, everyone to watch. Um, I think Francis Nagao wins the fight. Um, typically, in the heavyweight division, is it normally ends in knockout, especially if you're watching the Black Beast fights. Um, I hope that this ends in a knockout or a TKO or a devastating fashion. Um, but I got Francis Nagal winning by knockout. So the next championship fight is going to be in the flyweight division, which is the co-main event, and that's going to be Brandon Moreno versus Davison Frigiago. Um, I have uh, Brandon Moreno beating him again. The last fight ended with a uh, submission, but I a submission, and I have it ending in the exact same way. I feel like once you beat a fighter, it makes it more easier for you to beat that fighter again. Now, I could be wrong, and Devison could come out and prove me wrong and beat him, and then we could possibly have a trilogy on our hand which would be great for the UFC, and I'll be watching that and I'll talk about it. But I just have Brandon winning this fight and taking the championship back home to him and ending it right there. Um, and those are my thoughts for 
UFC 270. I'll be watching that fight and I'll possibly make a video depending on what happened. If it's a, a regular normal fight card and nothing extravagant happens, then I probably won't make a video on it. But if craziness happens in suit, while you know, like a crazy knockout or a TKO or a crazy submission happens, then best believe that I'll make a video about that for you guys to listen. So that'll be all for you guys, and I think I'm done here with my fight prediction. That's all that I want to talk about. That's all I want to talk about. I just wanted to give my perspective and opinions on the whole Ben Simmons situation, give my take and opinions on the predictions for the NFL season and what's going on, um, and also with uh, the USC going on because I just love talking about sports, regardless of what it is when it comes to basketball football USC I love giving my takes on it on everything that's going down because I just love the sports so much so all right so we're close to the end of the podcast I want to thank you guys for listening tell me what you think do you agree disagree with my takes let me know down in the comment section down below make sure to like subscribe on your way out and this is Elo Speaks Out peace Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. I'm Elo Speaks, and on my podcast, we talk about everything that's going on in the sports right now regarding the latest trending topics in the sports world. I have a great fun conversation talking about basketball, football, MMA, boxing, etc. I give my perspective and opinions on the sports topics that interest me, whether it's by me by myself, talking with guest appearances, debating, arguing, or disagreeing, or doing reaction videos. We are here to have a fun dialogue and talk about the sports that we love to watch. Make sure to follow me on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Twitch to get updates with my latest podcast when I drop. Stay tuned. Thank you and enjoy. Hey, what's up, guys? This is the Elo Speaks Podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, Elo Speaks. And welcome to the podcast. So, um, I want to talk about three topics today. I want to get into the first one is going to be the Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers fiasco. The second is going to be my NFL playoff predictions. And third, I want to talk about USC 270 with Francis Ganon and versus Syria. Now, to get into it right now, the first topic I want to get into was the whole Ben Simmons and the 76ers issue regarding trading Ben Simmons. Now, in my personal opinion, I don't know what the Sixers are doing. I have no word about it. I've heard trade rumors going on and about as regards to what's going on with Ben Simmons. I've heard he's disgruntled. I've heard that he wants to get traded. He doesn't want to play in Philadelphia no more. All that's perfectly fine. And the, now it depends on what team he wants to go to. But Depending on what team he goes to, I heard that he wants to be traded to a team that's in California. So t four teams come to mind is the Lakers, Clippers, Sacramento, and maybe Portland. But I don't see him going to any of those teams because of you know current situation on cap. Uh, what's the adequate trade value that he could get back for Ben Simmons? But that's just my overall opinion on the matter. But 
I just think that this is a whole like bad situation, not just for Ben Simmons and the Sixers, but just for NBA players overall, because it just says a bad president overall. But here's the thing: when it comes to people like Ben Simmons, he's setting a bad message by doing this, holding out. I understand that he's mad at the 76ers because of they kind of threw him under the bus. Which I don't I don't get why he's mad. I feel like it was his fault that they lost that playoff series against the Hawks last year in the divisional rounds. But come on, like you gotta have thicker skin than that. I expect more level headedness from him than this. But you know, he's been I heard he's been coddled. And he has a bunch of yes people all around him, so nobody's over told him to like get his you know sugar honey iced tea together and get back out there and perform. Now, he has been coming back to practices so he doesn't get fined, but it's to a point where the players and the coaches they look like they're sick and tired of him. And to be honest, I'm sick and tired of him too. This whole situation is ridiculous to me. He's acting like a baby, he's a spoiled brat, he's a diva. And everything that reeks of, I'm a spoiled brat, I deserve this, I deserve that, just come off him. He's smug, he has an attitude, and I just don't like it. I don't like his personality, how he carries himself, he thinks he's better than what he is. I don't like it at all. And that's just my personal opinion. I don't know him as a person, but that's just what I see when I see him interact with the media, players, etc. I just, I don't like the diva personality. He's over top as it is with regards to this situation, what he's doing and stuff. He's dropped, he's making his trade value go down. If you're really trying to like get traded, then you would try to handle this behind the scenes. But when you made it so public like this to where all the other teams know that you want to leave, then they go home firm until they see if the Sixers will fold in a trade value and trade you for crumbs and crackers. But again, I digress. Now, another thing I wanted to talk about as regards to this Ben Simmons fiasco is I feel like Ben Simmons is overrated as a star. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying he's garbage by any means, but I'm just saying he's overrated. He make the, the way he carries himself, he's making sense like he's dropping like Hall of Fame stats. I want to go over his his career stats right quick because obviously I can't go over his season stats right now because he doesn't have any because he didn't play. But his career stats right now is 15, 15.9 points. And he's shooting, he's shooting 56% from the field, which is good. He's getting eight rebounds and seven assists. 1.7 steals and 0.7 blocks, which is good. Not superstar, but it's good for what he brings to the table. Now, what it doesn't take into account is the high defensive prowess that he brings to the table. And that's his, where his bread and butter is, along with his passing. And that's where he's like, okay, he, he fits the bill. But there's games where he just mentally folds and checks out. And another thing, another his Achilles heel is the free throw shooting. And he doesn't shoot threes, like, at all. He he rarely if ever shoot threes. So, it's poor free throw shooting, poor shooting. Because when he scores, he scores close to the basket. 
So that's why his field goal percentage is high. He's not shooting. So you can look at his true shooting and see that could be low. So his shooting, his free throws, and his three-point percentage all are Achilles heels of what he brings to the table outside of his 15 points, eight rebounds, and seven or six. Again, those are good stat lines. But the way he carries himself, you would think he's dropping 25, 10, and 7. So, I just think he needs to humble himself. Um, he need to get his act together. I don't know what he wants to do. He's not talking to the media. He's not talking to anybody. He just wants to get traded. I don't... How it look like he don't care what he get traded like. He just want to leave the Philadelphia 76ers. I think even the Philadelphia 76ers fans are tired of his BS. To be honest, I know I am. But... Not that I'm a fan of them or anything like that, but... They're, they're a fun team to watch. I, I like watching Joel B play. I think he's a great player. But I know he was sick and tired of having to play with Ben Simmons in certain stretches of the season because of his low adequacy to shoot the ball, stretch the floor. Um, he drives and kicks, which is good. But when you have a center like Embiid that likes to work around in the post as well, that might not work out in favor of him. If Joel B had a real like good good point guard, like a Lonzo Ball or a Chris Paul, then I feel like his game would be a lot more effective because he could have a guard that could stretch the floor and shoot. But he has Ben Simmons, so it is what it is. We just have to make do what what he has. But so far, they've been doing all right in the Eastern Conference, and they're just like moving on because they they try to mend fences with him. He doesn't want to mend fences back with him, so it's time to move on and. I think that the 76ers need to trade him ASAP. Like, get rid of him, move forward, try to get some shooters, try to get some floor spacers, or get some defensive depth for like to make them push in the playoffs. Because the more that they hold Ben Simmons, the lower his trade value gets. Because they were asking for ridiculous prices. I, I remember when they was trying to, when the Warriors were trying to get Ben Simmons, they were asking for like like, I think they were trying to ask for Andrew Wiggins. They want James Wiseman. And they wanted four first-round draft picks. They're not going to get that. Not by mom. They're not going to get that. Especially for Ben Simmons. After that playoff series against the Hawks where he choked by all he had to do was lay the ball up or dunk on uh, Trey Young. No way. One of the... One of the the more important Achilles heels of Ben Simmons, not even his play, it's not even the physical, it's his mental. You you could break him in like in crunch time. He's scared to death to shoot. And more importantly, he's scared to death to make free throws. He shot horrendous during the playoffs in terms of free throw percentage. It was atrocious. The amount of missed free throws that he had so you could get to his head and make him like doubt himself and that's exactly what happened during that playoff series versus the hawks where he had a mental collapse when he didn't lay the ball up he cost his team that game and that's why he's so frustrated but he can't be frustrated with nobody but himself and that's what i think about the matter that's why i feel like he's a little overrated you can't have all this talent 
and not try to work on it to some degree to try to better yourself. You can't just stay pat and keep dropping the same 15, 8, and 7. A great, a granted, those are good numbers. Those are no, no kind of all-star, somewhat all-star numbers. But still, you have to get better. And especially, you have to get better in areas that you're not particularly playing well. Because in the regular season where you're going up against Orlando or OKC, yeah, you can have those type of good games, but when you're in the playoffs and you're going up against high IQ teams with good defensive schemes, that's not going to work. And they're going to hold on your weaknesses and they're going to expose you. And that's what I think on that matter because it's not looking good for the 76ers. They need to get rid of him and they get whatever. Well, I'm not going to say get whatever they can, they can get from him, but try to get adequate trade value, but don't go overboard with it. Be realistic because whenever you're training a star, and Joel Embiid, no, my apologies. Ben Simmons is a star. He's not an all-star or superstar, but he's a star. Whenever you're trading a star, you're not going to always get equal value for when you trade that star. And that's okay. But what you could do is trade to try to get a better piece to help Joel Embiid and make a playoff push. Now, are the Sixers playoff contenders? Yeah. Are they championship contenders? No. But it's better than you trade Ben Simmons now. And use the pieces that you got for him to help the team be a little bit better than to have Ben Simmons sit on the bench or sit at home and do nothing. And then his contract finishes and then he leaves, go to wherever team he wants to, and that'll be that. But that's on the 76ers and Ben Simmons to figure that out. That's what I think about the whole situation. I think it's a silly situation. Um, I don't particularly like Ben Simmons how he conducts himself. I think it's childish and immature. He says a bad president for players moving forward because if you're going to sign that contract, you have to honor that contract and play it out. You can't just pout, get mad, and then say, I want to be traded. That's not how it works because now other players are thinking about doing the same thing. And then when it comes to the, the NBA negotiating bargaining chip, when they negotiate this again they're going to try to find a way to like really nail it to the NBA players so they don't do this again so they need to fix this issue because it's not moving good moving forward so those are my th- those are my thoughts and opinions on that situation as regards to Ben Simmons and how the Sixers are going to move forward I think they should trade him what do you think about it um those are my thoughts and opinions on that hey guys welcome to the EO Speaks podcast on Anchor where I talk about everything sports, such as NBA, NFL, UFC, etc., and give my perspective and opinions on the sports topics that interest me. I love talking about sports, debating with people on certain teams, players, news, and more, while having a great dialogue doing so, so giving my take on a matter that interests me. Make sure to follow me on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Twitch to get updates with my latest podcasts when I drop. Stay tuned. Thank you and enjoy. All right. Welcome back. So on the next topic, I want to get into some football and talk about the NFL. And so we're going to talk about the teams that won this week. And this week, we're in regards to the road to the Super Bowl. Uh, the teams that won were the Bengals, the 49ers, and the Bucks. And also the Rams, the Buffalo Bills, the Chiefs won. So, let's get into it. So, tomorrow, 
the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be playing the Tennessee Titans. And for my playoff prediction as regards to that, I do have the I do have the Tennessee Titans winning that game. Now, granted, I understand that you know the Bengals are no joke this year. Um, I'm impressed with Joe Burrow. He was in the play the MVP race. Um, I still have that you know, Tom Brady and uh, Aaron Rodgers have better seasons than him. But what he's done so far for the franchise in just two years was phenomenal, and he deserves some credit. I want to give him all the credit in the world for what he's done. He changed his season around, making the Cincinnati Bengals go 10-7 and winning their first playoff game in what feels like forever. Now, but when it comes to the Tennessee Titans, the juggernaut is coming back. And you already know who I mean by the juggernaut. I mean, King Henry is coming back. Now, granted, we don't know what's the severity of his injury Will he come back healthy? What type of impact he's going to have on the team? But just him coming back should keep the Bengals on their toes as regards to how they're going to try to stop him, which we don't stop him. But I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a long day for the Bengals overall. But it's going to be a big help for the Tennessee Titans. I've been impressed with them over the past couple of seasons. But for them to make it this far, going 12-5 with their quarterback being in the number one seed in the AFC, and they had a, a bye week, which would give them what much-needed rest and prep time for the Bengals because of how they previously played in the playoffs so they could get game plan against them, see what they want to do, see how they're going to try to you know maneuver certain players. But... All in all, I have them winning that game. So, let's see what's next on the road to the Super Bowl with the playoff picture. Alright, so we have the next divisional round on Saturday, which will be the San Francisco 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers. Now, with the Green Bay Packers, I have them winning that game and beating the 49ers. I do see the 49ers as a good team, but I just don't see any... Super Bowl contenders in them. Granted, they have a great run scheme, a good coach, and they have great players. I just don't trust Jimmy G as regards to the best quarterbacks that's left in the playoffs. Um, I don't. I don't see him being better than Tom Brady. I don't see him better better than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, no. Uh, I don't see him being better than any of the rest of the quarterbacks. Well, I don't see him being better than the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFC. I'll say that. When it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I will be better than him. And then when it comes to Brady, I definitely will be better than him. Now, when it comes to the Rams, that's probably more of his comp. If he was going against the LA Rams, then I probably could have given him a chance to win that because, you know, division rivals, anything can happen. But with the Green Bay Packers, they've been playing good so far. Throughout the season and throughout the years, they've been playing good. And that's why I feel like they're going to possibly win against the San Francisco 49ers and beat them to go to the NFC Conference. Now, on Sunday, in the divisional rounds, we have the LA Rams versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, this one's a tricky one because 
in my personal opinion, I do have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning this game. But I could also see the Los Angeles Rams winning this game as well. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I do see the Rams have a lot of offensive firepower on their side. Uh, OBJ has found himself with the Los Angeles Rams. He's been playing a lot better ever since he got released from Cleveland. And he started to get his stride back. They have they already there was already an offensive firepower without him. So now him being on the team is just a plus at this moment. So they're gonna be a lot for the Tampa Bay Bucks defense to handle. And I don't wanna I don't wanna take nothing away from Los Angeles Rams defense with Aaron Donald in the middle. He he's always gonna cause havoc in the backfield. So watch out for him. He's gonna have to get doubled if he starts pushing the pocket, making Tom Brady moves uneasy. It's going to be a long day for the Bucks, but somehow I have the Bucks winning this game. I don't know how, but I feel like they know. If it's going to be a high-scoring game, then possibly the Rams could win, but if the Bucks defense could keep the Rams offensive chuck, then I could see the Bucks winning this game. So I have the Tampa Bay Bucks winning this game. Um, so we can go on to the next one, and that'll be the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, in the beginning of the season, I didn't really have too much faith in the Chiefs. I thought they started to fall off. I thought, you know, they were starting to get long in the tooth in terms of how far they could go each year in the playoffs. But towards the end of the season, they started to find their stride, and they get got it together, and they ended up going 12-5. And the Buffalo Bills are no slouch either. I have the Buffalo Bills winning this game. I know that that is going to be a shock for me. I think they could beat the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no slouch, especially the performance that they have against the New England Patriots. And I know the New England Patriots are not as good. They had a rookie QB, but still, that was an impressive performance by them against that Bill Belichick defense. And they have a high-power offense with uh, Stephon Diggs and more. And I feel like they could take the Kansas City Chiefs to the wire and beat them. So I have the Buffalo the Buffalo Bills winning this game and moving on to the AFC Championship game. And those are my opinions as regards to that. With regards to the playoff uh, race. Now, the next topic I wanted to talk about was the NFL MVP. Now... I'm going to talk about it uh, maybe a few more times. I don't want to get into it too much because, obviously, people are still debating about this situation. But, again, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. There's no if, as, or buts about it. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. I don't want to hear about Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, the running back, whatever. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. And to be honest, I'm not a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fanboy. I'm not a Green Bay Packers fan or whatsoever. But I've seen a great season where I see it, and I have to give credit where it's due. Aaron Rodgers had the best season so far, so he deserves the credit for it. And by doing that, he should get the MVP. He has good stats. He has low interception ratio. He has a high QBR, high efficiency rating, everything. Now, granted, I don't want to take away from Tom Brady and say that 
it's just a foregone conclusion that excuse me, that he should have you know there should be no MVP talks like Tom Brady should have MVP talks he deserves to be in it as well but it's not neck and neck I have it as Aaron Rodgers one Tom Brady is a distant two not like too distant but he's like he's right by Aaron Rodgers I just think Aaron Rodgers had the better season he took his team farther down into the regular season having more wins and getting them into the number one seed. They're obviously having a buy right now, so now they're being ready for the divisional rounds. So, I, yeah, you have to give it to Aaron Rodgers. I, you can't convince me how Aaron Rodgers shouldn't win the MVP unless you're a biased voter that doesn't like Aaron Rodgers because of his vaccination choices or COVID choices. But that's a whole other story I'm not even going to try to get into. But... Aaron Rodgers deserved the MVP. He's the best player in the league by by far. And I don't think it's that much close. Like, you could argue Tom Brady, but you're not going to really get too far about it. I understand there's biased people. There's a lot of biased Tom Brady fanboys out there, like Skip Bayes. He's the number one biased uh, fanboy. Then you have Colin Cowherd and other people that say that he should be the MVP. And they, their reasons are valid. I'm not, I don't want to take nothing from he. Tom Brady's has a great season, especially for his age as a quarterback. But I don't want to hear nothing about his age because he chose to go out there and play. When he chose to go out there and play, I don't care about your health, your age, whatever. If you're playing professional ball, whether it's basketball, football, etc., you go out there and perform to the best of your abilities. Now, what is what he doing as a 44-year-old great? Sure, but I don't feel like that should give him more points in the MVP voting because he's basically an old man playing out there. He's playing to the best of his abilities. He's having a great year. He's putting his team in a great position to win and possibly repeat as Super Bowl champions. And that's great, and I give him all the credit for that. But Aaron Rodgers overall had the better season, has the better team record to put his team in a situation where they have the number one seed in the playoffs with a bye. And he was able to do that while getting suspended and missing one game due to that COVID, uh, that COVID vaccination fiasco where he said was he was immunated. Now, I have my strong opinions on that. I don't particularly care that he doesn't want to take the vaccine or not that's not my business but the fact that he lied about it that's a whole other issue because it's the same thing with the Kyrie Irving situation but I give Kyrie Irving respect he was more open with the media and telling them that he doesn't want to take it and he kept it real and honest with them while Aaron Rodgers was being more coy and slick with it with the wordplay saying that he's immunized when he just wasn't vaccinated. And again, I have no problem with that. If you don't want to take the vaccination, you shouldn't have to. But don't lie about it. Don't be coy about it in that situation. Just say you're not going to take it, and whatever comes with that, comes with that. I understand we're in a new uh, era where the woke media wants to attack you for your opinions 
that goes against the grain, but it is what it is. You have to stand by what you stand by and just move forward. So, again, that's what I wanted to talk about in terms of NFL, the who won from last week's uh, wildcard round, who I think, in my personal opinion, in the playoff picture of who's going to win tomorrow and on Sunday, and who who's the MVP of the league once the NFL honors come on that day. Um, I might talk about the other players' awards, like the defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, the rookie of the year, etc. I might get into that um, close around when the NFL honors come and we see who makes it to the Super Bowl. But those are my thoughts and opinions on a matter as regards to that. Hey guys, welcome to the EOS Speaks podcast on Anchor, where I talk about everything sports such as NBA, NFL, UFC, etc. and give my perspective and opinions on the sports topics that interest me. I love talking about sports, debating with people on certain teams, players, news, and more, while having a great dialogue doing so, so giving my take on a matter that interests me. Make sure to follow me on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Twitch to get updates with my latest podcast when I drop. Stay tuned, thank you, and enjoy. Alright guys, welcome back. Um, this is going to be a short vlog, so I want to get into it with uh, UFC 270 and just give my thoughts and opinions on the matter as regards to that. So the headliners, that's uh, two uh, championship fight that's going to be going on. It's going to be Francis Nagal and it's going to be Cyril Gaines. Now, with regards to this fight, I'm not too sure who wins this fight. Um, I might give the edge to Francis Nagal because from the last fight, I've seen that he's improved drastically in his uh, ground attack and his uh, takedown defense. And I applauded him in my last video that I made when he had beat Stipe Miocic to win the heavyweight championship. Now, um, I understand he's been going through some situations right now where it was supposed to be him fighting John Jones for the heavyweight title, but the talks fell through because of money situations because of Dana White being a greedy bastard but that's a another story and a whole bunch of other rumors that are swearing saying John Jones was scared quote unquote scared but we all know that's not the case we just know that when it comes to UFC fights and how it's structured Dana White and the UFC wants to make sure that they get a bang for their buck but they don't want the fighters to get too much bang for their buck, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Now, when it comes to Cyril Gain, I haven't, I've seen a little bit of his fight, but I haven't seen too much to get a gauge on him. He's a great striker. Um, he can, he's literally toe-to-toe with Francis Nagal. I could see him, like, giving him a challenge. Now, when it comes to reach, I do see that Francis Ngal has a two-inch reach advantage. Um, he's coming in five pounds lighter than uh, Francis Ngal, but six point six uh, six three inches. They're the same age. Um, the girl's a little bit older, has more fights in his belt, so he's a little bit more seasoned, experienced in terms of how this fight could go. I think Francis Ngal has like seen a lot of what other fighters will throw at him, so he's gonna be well prepared. 
But, you know, when it comes to new fighters coming up in the game, especially fighters that are undefeated, they have a chip on their shoulder, so they're going to want to show out, and they're going to want to give it their all and try to, you know, and try to, like, take down the champion and make a legacy for themselves. I just hope that, you know, there's going to be a fun, exciting fight for uh, everyone to watch. Um, I think Francis Nagao wins the fight. Um, typically, in the heavyweight division, is it normally ends in knockout, especially if you're watching the Black Beast fights. Um, I hope that this ends in a knockout or a TKO or a devastating fashion. Um, but I got Francis Nagao winning by knockout. So, the next championship fight is going to be in the flyweight division, which is the co-main event, and that's going to be Brandon Moreno versus Divison Frigiago. Um, I have uh, Brandon Moreno beating him again. The last fight ended with a submission, by T- a submission, and I have it ending in the exact same way. I feel like once you beat a fighter, it makes it more easier for you to beat that fighter again. Now, I could be wrong, and Devison could come out and prove me wrong and beat him, and then we could possibly have a trilogy in our hand, which would be great for the UFC, and I'll be watching that, and I'll talk about it. But I just have Brandon winning this fight and taking the championship back home to him and ending it right there. Um, and those are my thoughts for UFC 270. I'll be watching that fight, and I'll possibly make a video, depending on what happened. If it's a a regular normal fight card and nothing extravagant happens then I probably won't make a video on it but if craziness happens in suit while you know like a crazy knockout or a TKO or a crazy submission happens then best believe that I'll make a video about that for you guys to listen so that'll be all for you guys and I think I'm done here with my fight prediction, that's all that I want to talk. About. That's all I want to talk about. I just wanted to give my perspective and opinions on the whole Ben Simmons situation. Give my take and opinions on the predictions for the NFL season and what's going on, um, and also with uh, the USC going on because I just love talking about sports, regardless of what it is when it comes to basketball, football, USC. I love giving my takes on it or everything that's going down because I just love the sport so much. So, all right. So, we're close to the end of the podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. Tell me what you think. Do you agree, disagree with my takes? Let me know down in the comment section down below. Make sure to like, subscribe on your way out. And this is Edo Speaks Out. Peace.